in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Happy Halloween. It is 12.06, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380. And 99.9 FM. Now, we want to welcome everybody in who is, uh, where's my Halloween costume, who is tuning in to Facebook Live. Folks, share that you're watching. It is the noon report. Juan is in his Halloween costume. I am Willa McKee. I got an Halloween Just doing it in fun. I know some of the McKee people say that. Someone said, I heard you. I'm not making fun of his mother. If anything, I'm jealous. I wish my mom was still alive. He's a very fortunate man, 94 years old, seems to have a nice family. I'm merely joking. But uh, the fact, I mean, I, there's something about the whole thing with the constant shades. Uh, I'm tempted to maybe pick this up. I think Willa McKee is uh, is on to something. Hey, Dan, that's my line. I mean, she's a good sport. Folks, whether people want to identify it or not, I it, it it's a commercial that has generated a lot of buzz. So I, I would argue that when, when all is said and done, they felt it helped him over the hump in the primary. I believe uh, the governor's son actually produced the television commercial that fe- first featured them playing cards. Some people followed him around. They discovered, oh, okay, his mom lives with them. They play cards in the kitchen, and they settled on that. And um, and I think, you know, that that has proven to be a good mechanism for Governor McKee to, to uh, you know, relate to the voters. And she's a... A constant presence. So, uh, but happy Halloween, folks. On this uh, 1208, on this Halloween, <coughs> excuse me, and um, we will be doing Facebook Live later, the Halloween edition. Juan may be, I may be in full costume later. I don't know. One after dark, Halloween, and again, it's, or one after sunset, whatever. This misconception of people of what the meaning of after dark means. It doesn't mean I'm after dark individuals, the way the fairy fighters are trying to frame it. No, it's another phrase is I'll see uh, after dark, meaning once it becomes dark out um, or after sunset, non-light, whatever you want to say. I'm not after, you know, the fairy fighters. And he's always saying one's after dark people. No, I I didn't say after dark people. It's it's period after that one after dark period. Ah, folks, this portion of the program. Hey, I want to welcome. Brand new sponsor to the program. And Tommy is the real deal. So I'm going to take my time with this. but And we have a lot to get to on this Monday. Feel more confident control of your financial life. Ameriprise advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus... You can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools, regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Platinum Financial Service Advisor, Tom Bryan, who I call Tommy. Bryan and Associates, 401-434-1510. 401-434-1510, free consultation. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC member, uh, FINRA and SIPC, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. How can you feel more confident in control of your financial life? Well, Tommy Bryan is the key. Call right now, free consultation. Folks, especially things are definitely in flux. You want to feel secure. 401-434-1510. I feel very comfortable in putting you in touch with someone like Tommy Bryan Who's going to look out for you, for your family? What's in your best interest? Because that's the question. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Everyone's goals are different. But the thing is, you want to pick up the phone and call today. Book an appointment. Free consultation. 401-434-1510. He is terrific. Tommy Bryan. 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. 
See, that's the key, whether or not you have the right financial advisor. Help you reach your goal. All right. Call him. New sponsor. We're going to be hearing a lot about him. If you have any questions, did I mention free consultation? 401-434-1510. Well, folks, I want to, um, we're obviously going to give the latest on the Paul Pelosi story, which it, I, I'm not sure what to make of that yet. And I, I think we're going to have to, I know we live in an age where we want everything um, immediate. We all want, and I get that, we all want the answer to um, immediately upon news. When something hits, people expect instantly to know everything about it. I I think we're going to have to wait on this. I talked a little bit in the first hour about the fact that there's there's definitely some things about I'm going to talk locally because the the Kalis, the Fung race, uh, what's happening right now in the different races. I'm going to talk to you about it. By the way, everyone on Facebook, thank you for your continued support. You can subscribe to the page, which a lot of people have done. You can send stars to the page to say, Juan, we appreciate the noon report and one after sunset or one after dark. Uh, you can do that if you run uh, FB. Uh, as far as the stars. But as I mentioned last time, no, I'll say this, though. I, I think this business of Don Jr. mocking the violence, I, that part, listen, regardless of how this individual ended up in the home, because as I said, he um, the whole thing is is rather, I don't know what to make of it. And I, I don't want to be redundant here, but and I'm probably not going to say anything that other people have not already said, but None of this, you know, stories sometimes hidden, and it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and I, I thought a lot of the things we're we're wondering about, I think, are are pretty valid. Um, everyone is focused on the fact that it's it's Nancy Pelosi, <coughs> excuse me, the current Speaker of the House, the current Speaker of the House. Uh, she's not going to be Speaker much longer, but everyone is focused on that and. But aside from that, they they have, you know, actually, someone mentioned how much she is worth. And I, I didn't believe it. And I recognize a lot of times when you type in what uh, someone's net worth is, just, you know, like online, that you, many times you don't get a, um, an accurate. I, I recognize that many times you don't. But, oh, wow, okay. Nancy Pelosi's net worth is $135 million. Um, Paul Pelosi, so as a couple, I, 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 these aren't the most accurate, but I, this is like consistency of $120 million, $140 million. So what, what I want to just touch on is the fact that they would not have the most elaborate security, just I, I don't understand it. There are people, it's so common now, people have the, the ring doorbell. People have, you know, just pretty basic camera surveillance around their home. And there are people that have alarm systems on their home. So I think it would be fair to say that anyone that reaches that point of, you know, whatever, 50 million, 100 million, you think it would just go to another level. Could they afford, could the Pelosi's afford to have some retired police officer outside their home from 10 to 6, always at their residence in San Francisco? I mean, I would think they could. Auxiliary, auxiliary police, just so there's someone. I'm not saying you need to have like, you know. Navy SEALs there, but just some element of security acts as a deterrent, right? You go into a store and they have a security guard. It's a deterrent. I worked in a grocery store. There was a time that there was suddenly tremendous amount of theft. And suddenly um, they hired a, you know, as they call him, a rent-a-cop, a security guard. What do you think? I mean, the, the theft died down. Uh, the guy was in the most, you know, the biggest physical specimen. Um, I, I'm not even convinced he was armed. I'm not sure he was armed, but it was just a presence in a store and then suddenly a drop down. So my point is, 
it's it's really surprising, even just separate and aside from the fact that she's third in line to the presidency, that they they don't have um, some kind of security presence, security company. There are all kinds of businesses that have that. I, I would think that she could even pay for it out of her campaign fund of some kind. I don't know if they didn't want to. I can't imagine that a security personnel person would be an issue for a couple that have that kind of wealth. So unless one of the individuals didn't want to have someone there. So as I I talked about it in the first hour, it will be posted later. Um, And so, you know, there are definitely some rumors out there that it was it was Paul Pelosi that didn't want a presence and and the working theory is that somehow he brought this individual into the home. Now, we haven't heard from this individual by the way, which is also interesting. We haven't heard from the attorney representing this person. I still maintain that the guy I I I mean, unless you want to go full conspiracy that the medical, you know, I I don't fall into that. I mean that that the hospital's lying, the doctors are lying, it People like zero to 60 go really quickly into a full conspiracy. Soros is behind it, blah, blah, blah. Um, Something happened. Something obviously happened and then resulted in this 82-year-old man being attacked with a hammer so much that that his, I believe he had his skull fractured. So I don't find, I, I think, you know, Don Jr., who we've had on this program, folks, more than once uh, when he's had his books out. I, I find that humor kind of tone deaf. Um, it's still not funny, regardless of how it happened. To be joking about hammers, I, I, I again, I don't. I, there are some people that are just tone deaf. They don't see that that's it's it's really not. I mean, it's not funny. He could have been killed. So, however, this individual ended up in the home. Now, as I mentioned, because I do want to talk about the local stuff, but there are rumors flying out there, as I said, that somehow that Paul Pelosi is a different type of individual. That's why he would be driving himself. He got picked up on the DUI back in May. That would be someone who um, might be involved with some activity that they don't want someone witnessing and watching. Possible. I knew of an elected official where it took over the office. This goes back some time. And normally that person, elected official, was always driven, always had a driver. And then this person came in and they said, no, I don't, I don't need a driver. Well, that's because he was engaged in some activity that he, re- that's the reason he really didn't want the driver. But anyhow, um, so you wonder about that. And it would be odd, Paul Pelosi, what? I don't want someone spying me from outside the house. Let's just, I mean, none of it makes sense. If you were 82 years old and they have an elaborate home in San Francisco, and I I don't know, you're woken up, you wake up out of a deep sleep of, uh, maybe he stays up late, but he hears the, the way we're supposed to believe it. This guy went crashing through the door into the house. And then you're 82 years old, and you're, regardless of age, your solution is you you then end up in the kitchen with this individual, and then you have a hammer. I, I don't – I know a lot of people might keep a hammer in their kitchen, but I, that just doesn't make sense. I would think – I'm just trying to – you know, let's just say you heard a loud noise. And many times when you hear a loud noise, you wake up, but unless you hear another noise, you don't know why you woke up, right? So you're awake – I would think you would hear someone moving around in the home. And again, if I really want to play this out, I would think a home like theirs, one would think, would have some kind of camera system. You could see that there is, in fact, oh, okay, there's someone in the kitchen. I think you lock the door to your bedroom and call the police. Someone has entered my home. And then they would tell you, say, where are you? I'm upstairs. He crashed through whatever. Um, but this business that he ends up in, the, I, I don't understand, ends up in the kitchen that he's on with 911. And then he's, 
supposedly talking in code. I, I, I'm not sure who heard the Where's Nancy. Now they're saying there were zip ties. Uh, were there zip ties or were they just zip ties? Normal zip ties you'd use for trash bags in the kitchen. I, I'm not sure what to make of this story. It's very odd. I'll just say I, I think that the... Um, but there's a lot of rumors floating around that somehow Paul Pelosi certainly isn't afraid to have a drink or two. Somehow invited this individual. There was also, uh, it was on Meet the Press, I believe, yesterday. I saw they were saying that at one point it was reported there was a third person in the hold. So I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> but I'll just say, I, I think, regardless of how, how it happened, even if Paul Pelosi picked this guy up, brought him back to his home for whatever reason, maybe two people, and then somehow... And then it, it almost reads, there was a report that, that the perpetrator, the assailant, the intruder, if you will, was in his underwear. Then that was recanted. Then they're saying the two of them are fighting for the hammer. I, I don't, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's an odd story all the way around. And I also, I don't fully also understand. I would imagine in 82, I mean, I, I don't know, but I would think. He's not. It's not like he's running a business day to day. Um, I don't think he'd want to be in Washington. I don't know why. I always, again, there's no. A lot of people, you know, move to that area, um, and that's where they live. And if you're a full time person, maybe he prefers to stay on the West Coast. But again, the amount of money they're talking about, I'm sure they can travel by private jet if they like, or then. You know, many people of, of that kind of means, at the very least, would fly first class commercial. So I, I don't know. The whole thing is is odd about it. Not sure what to make of it. But I just want to and, and I, I, I don't know now. See, this is like another story that starts to um, weigh into what like what really happened. And then and, and what is. What's really surprising with law enforcement is you would think a case of this magnitude, they would make sure that everybody's on the same page and all the information, all this recanting. First, they say when they got there, the guy was in his underwear. Then they're trying to say, no, he wasn't in his underwear. Well, where did that come from? Then they're trying to say, you know, that there was a third person in the home. Then they recant that. Every time you do that. It's not like a bulletin goes out and people are like, oh, okay. I mean, people then just start insisting, no, they reported that someone was in the home. Someone had his, uh, was in his underwear. Someone was, there was a third person in the home. This guy is definitely whacked. They went very quickly, the media and the Democrat Party quickly, immediately plunged into J6 and blah, 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 and all the rhetoric. But now, the whole, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it other than if we're to believe the story is they are leading us to believe that they, they don't have an alarm system. They don't have an alarm system. They don't have surveillance cameras. Possible. So this guy at 2.30 in the morning, this nut in San Francisco, smashes through the back door, gets in. Paul Pelosi somehow ends up in the kitchen to confront him. He then goes into the bathroom, calls 911, is talking loudly, refers to the person that just broke into his home as his friend. They're waiting for the wife to get home. And then when police get there, they're fighting over a hammer. I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't fully understand the whole thing. Because they, they were reporting that this guy was trying to tie up Paul Pelosi. So hopefully we will get to the bottom of this. But what I am surprised is at the very beginning, they wouldn't have shown home surveillance footage of the individual breaking into the home. That part. I'm not saying we need to see him beating Nancy Pelosi's husband with the hammer. But we think just to establish that that happened I'm, I'm surprised that, that we have not heard that. So, all right, folks, right now, now I want to talk about the, the locals because something very significant is happening today. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, it's brought to you by Matthews Energy Company. 
Now, obviously, high price of natural gas and electricity, Matthews Energy Company, your local utilities are going up. Call them right now and let them help you or your business save money. And this is not solar. This is not solar. They get that in bulk. Matthews Energy Company, 401-942-7500. They provide energy to all different types of homes and businesses. Based in Cranston, four generations, Matthews Energy Company, 401-942-7500. 401-942-7500. When you agree to take them on, $50 credit to start. You know that electricity is going up and natural gas. Matthews Energy Company. Call today, 401-942-7500. Well, folks, good afternoon at 1227. Now, I encourage you, it's Juan, to visit the website, petro.com. We have a, a, a number of original stories that are up. I'll tell you right now, the one that, oh, hold on. Let me just see. I just caught a headline here. Let me see that. What is that? Oh, okay. Um, check out to Petro.com. Democrats prepare for magaziners loss. I mean, that's already out there. That's how well Fung, Alan Fung is doing. I'm so happy for him, but they need to close it out. There's a week to go. Uh, the Democrats, nothing is out of bounds. They're doing everything possible to frighten people. They realize they've lost, but already both Joy Fox, who ran this time and lost in the primary to magaziner, She's running again. She's already telling people she's going to run against Fung in two years. Uh, and that Sarah Morgenthal, from what I've heard, are already telling supporters, I'm running against Fung in two years. So they're already saying 2024 is not far off. So they're going to be running. You can also see we have the story, the nasty race for governor. And also, there's a columnist attacking the son of Ashley Kalis. If that was a columnist attacking the mother of Governor McKee, There'd be a huge deal about it. But this Fall River columnist starts off, shut up, kid. It's, it's disgraceful. It's really disgraceful. Folks, you can see it all at the website, dpetro.com, which is right by the Coesed Inn. Great meal, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Now, I want to just, you know, actually, there is a story that I want to touch on first. And it's one of those things. Listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to criticize the local media because I am local media. Right. So instead, I don't have to criticize local media because I will just put out the truth to you of what's really going on. But one of the things that there's several things that don't get highlighted or mentioned enough. And one is this is in this morning's New York Times. And they mention Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, but then they talk to, uh, they go through the whole race with Seth Magaziner. And one of the quotes they have is some Democrats resorting the final weeks, reminding voters that they could hand GOP control of Congress. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island made the point at a recent dinner for Magaziner at a golf course in Providence. Please, he told a group of voters at the dinner, don't make Alan Fung the vote that makes Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House of Representatives. Folks, that is, first of all, nothing reeks of privilege like they're having a fundraiser for Magaziner at a golf course. But this business of it's so disingenuous Don't make Fung the vote that makes Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House. Folks, uh, this is not being reported enough by local media. The Republicans, they cover it somewhat, but not enough. They don't clap back and push back when Magaziner says this. So for that matter, Sheldon Whitehouse. Let's say, God forbid, but Alan Fung loses. Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House. The Republicans need to win five races to flip that flip. Five races. They're expected to maybe take 25. If Mayor Fung loses, Seth Magaziner does go to Congress and he is back of the bench. Back of the bench, freshman congressman, the party not in power, no committees, nothing of substance. Period. End of story. 
or as they say, full stop. So to try to make it seem that we need to stop Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker, they're not going to stop that. If Alan Fung wins, Rhode Island is in the mix. If Alan Fung wins, Mayor Fung becomes in the mix. If Alan Fung loses, then we're just we're on the outside looking in. But either way, Kevin McCarthy is speaker. That's not changing. That's just it's not stopping. I don't even have to give an analogy. It's completely disingenuous. But you know what? The whole campaign that they have been running has been disingenuous. Now, I also want to touch on the race for governor. And again, folks, good afternoon at 1232. I'm getting some news right now. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Hold on, folks. One. Okay. Uh, This business of, let me just check. I want to just check here. And um, let's see. Well, it's true. I mean, and I'm going to play some of that sound coming up. Oh, my God. They just can't let go of themselves here. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, this business of um, of Ashley Kalis and and Governor McKee, right? The Ashley Kalis and Governor McKee. So I'm going to do something that normally we're not supposed to mention. And that is another radio station, another radio show. You're not supposed to. Um, That's usually the norm. In this particular situation, I'll say this about Ashley Kalis. Now, they're out. It almost seems like they're out with, like, their closing final statement. I think that's a mistake. I like Ashley Kalis. I'm going to vote for Ashley Kalis. I am. I'm going to vote on election day for her. I believe, I know what type of state that Governor McKee is going to bring. I know that Ashley Kalis, she's never run for office before. She is totally untested. I recognize she is new to the state. I was critical. I didn't think she should be running for governor. I called her a tourist. I think some of that definitely, um, you know, it was, it bred resentment of the Kalis campaign towards me. I can live with that. I call balls and strikes. I call them as I see them. I'm seeing what Governor McKee and the people supporting Governor McKee, I, we know who they are. We know what they're all about. I saw this morning there was a press conference, and Michael Sabatoni is already talking about it's going to be $5 billion to replace the Newport Bridge. $5 billion to replace the Newport Bridge. Folks, if anyone doesn't see that these truck tolls that have failed are now going to start to toll cars. Now, the political insiders, they'll get a mechanism where they won't have to pay the toll. But we're going to have to pay the toll because we pay it for everything. Governor McKee, is he, he's going to another level committed to the special interest. That is his base. The people that he reports to are the unions. I recognize a lot of people don't fully get that. Um, and so many things get taken for granted. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know, if Twin River wants to do an expansion, Twin River should have the right to put out a bid and put out the specs and say, we're thinking to do an expansion. So submit to us a bid if you want to you know, bid on it. That doesn't happen around here. Governor McKee, the Democrat elites, they announce you must go with the laborers. You have to give it to organized labor, the unions. You can't have, even if it's someone very competent, someone that could handle it. Nope. They slap a public labor agreement on it. I don't want to get two in the weeds. And then that's the way you have to do it. And they juice up the cost 25%. That soccer stadium is the same thing. The Superman building, it's the same thing. And now you have Michael Sabatoni saying we're going to have to replace the Newport Bridge is, is a joke. $4 billion to $5 billion cost. And we're going to be expected to pay it. So I recognize Ashley. She's never held office. 
She's never run for office. She's new. I think there's enough uh, checks and balances in Rhode Island government. She wouldn't have ultimate power anyway. She'd probably be butting heads and fighting with the General Assembly a lot, which I don't think is a bad thing, by the way. I don't think it's a bad thing. She could use the bully pulpit to say, I think this is wrong. I think that's wrong. But most importantly, what Ashley Kalis doesn't have, she wouldn't inherit all these expensive promises that Governor McKee has made. And he's made them to the teachers unions. He's made them to organized labor. He All of that, all these endorsements he got was from write down what's it going to take. What's it going to take to get your endorsement? And they give it, and he's like, done. Oh, is that all? You only want $1 billion, whatever it is. So that's not good for us. So at the very least, it would be um, better for the state if we didn't have to take that on. But what you're also seeing today, I think, it's kind of insight to how Governor McKee operates and that is, they're going to do a radio debate today. <clears throat> they're going to do it down the dial. It is unprecedented that Pork Boy Fathead is has openly admitted on the air he's he's now a McKee campaign worker. That's never happened before, you know. And I've told the story. There have been different times. Sometimes you meet people; they are running for office, hold office. You really agree with them in principle. You become a supporter. You know, in the past, I would have Laffey on, and of course I I agreed with him and supported him. I thought he was doing a great job. In the past, I would have Governor Kachiri on. Yeah, I thought he was doing a fantastic job. Most recently, I would have Blake Filippi on, and I'm a supporter of Blake. But there's a world of difference between that and you're actively working on the campaign. And that is the territory that Dan York has gone into, and WPRO, very disappointingly, has allowed to happen. Now, I recognize that, see, they view it as, well, if she wants equal time, she can come in here and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, McKee and York, who think they're the kings of Cumberland, right? They have the table reserved at Phantom Farm, as if that's like a big deal. Um, and then and they're, they're like setting the trap for her. Well, if she wants to come in, and, blah, you know, I'll give her equal time. And then Pork Boy, it would be just, you know, completely slam her. So, but what really should be going is, and I've said this and I posted on it. There's nothing more I can do. But they should be actually be going after the governor for not reporting an in-kind contribution from a campaign worker. Under the guidelines, I've as explained, if you're, ever, if you're working on a campaign and you own a gas station, you can't just say, hey, Everybody in the campaign, come in. I'm going to fill up everybody's tanks for free. Hey, Governor, I'll fill up your tank for free. Free gas. Everyone go out. You you can't do that. That has to be reported. You're a restaurant. You really like Governor McKee. Hey, tell you what. Come in. Use my restaurant. Free food, free drinks. I won't even charge you. That's an in-kind contribution. They have to report that. Governor McKee, maybe he doesn't charge Governor McKee, but he just received an in-kind contribution from the from the restaurant, from the guy that has the gas station. It has to be reported. Now, as I've said, why hasn't the Republican Party or Ashley Kaley, Kalis, excuse me, gone after the governor on that? I don't know. I have no idea. Probably because they, they just don't have the most experienced crew. Uh, I was there when Link Chafee hated Cianci so much that the station used to do debates with the newsroom at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock used to be the debates. Be the buildup, and then there'd be a debate. And by the way, they were very well run. Guy by the name of Paul Giammarco, they would have Bill Haberman, they would um, be in the conference room. It was a very professionally done. But they were always at 5 o'clock. Because then when the debate was over, they'd go into whatever. The next programming. <clears throat> The Kalis people are not as experienced. Pork Boy, with the help of McKee, has definitely bullied the people at the station. So they move what used to be routinely 5 o'clock debate. Rush hour, people going home, they can listen to the debate. Well, now they move it up to 4 o'clock. Now, Chafee wouldn't do it during that time frame. In 2010, this is a fact, in 2010... 
from 9 to 10, I had, I moderated the debate, the WPRO gubernatorial debate. Link Chafee, Frank Caprio, John Robitaille, and Ken Block. And it was, that was the first time that Chafee ignored Caprio and attacked John Robitaille. First time. And that, because the Chafee people saw the race was slipping to Robitaille, and he was coming up. But this time around, the Kalis people, not knowing better, not reaching out to people, you know, I would think, I don't know, you, you just, it's one thing to not know, it's another thing not to ask, right? Like, does this seem normal? They agree to a four o'clock debate on Halloween during the time frame when a McKee campaign worker is on the air. I mean, that is unprecedented is what it is. And then I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but to not even fully then recognize, all right, so you have people that tune in. Hey, I want to hear the latest debate, Governor McKee and Kalis, and then Ashley Kalis, and then five to six, the campaign worker, Pork Boy, is on the air. And he's doing the, what, what do you think he's going to say about the debate? Do, do you think he's going to be objective? You understand he's a campaign worker for McKee. It, it's not going to be objective. So what has really taken place is Dan McKee and Dan York, they felt and feel they can outsmart Ashley Kalis and the Kalis campaign. And as much as I dislike it, I give them credit, they have. Because they have run. Now, I get the whole thing. Low rated. No one listens to the guy. Everyone hates everything. But there'd definitely be people tuned in. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where I would be. But if it was 4 o'clock and I was in the car, I would tune into that. But you have the audience coming that would then listen afterwards. It's it's an unfair advantage. I mean, it couldn't be more unfair. This goes beyond biased. When someone has the unmitigated gall to state on the airwaves, I am a campaign worker for McKee, that's another level. I can tell you in different places, different candidates would have handled that differently. Um, But but certain people, either the candidate and or the campaign workers, a problem is they don't know what they don't know. And so they don't even realize that that's something they should not be agreeing to. So, but I don't, the, the way to, and I've written about it, the way, this, this is unprecedented, a campaign worker um, who, for, by all accounts, there seems like there's a quid pro quo attached. If Governor McKee wins and gets elected, he's then going to take care of his pal Pork. Boy, who knows when something like that gets announced? You know, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, whatever. You slide it in at the end. And then if there are people that are upset, he's got four years to just block it out and take care of his friend. But for the Kalis people, I recognize it's it's a tough situation to be in because their attitude is, well, we don't want to turn down a debate opportunity. But at the same time, you don't want to get your clock cleaned, right? You don't want to get your head handed turned to uh, head handed to you. Excuse me. Is that unfair? I think it is. Uh, we know it is, but but it's 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 only unfair if either the party or the candidate make a make a big deal about it. Other than that, if they're content to go along, or we don't want to say anything, or blah blah blah, um, then. And it's going to play itself out. There's a week to go. They've come this far. No one said a word. I mean, you had the same thing, a McKee campaign surrogate blocking out Helena Folks, Nellie Gobea. It was allowed to go on. Not everyone would have been content to ride that out. There are, especially in light of the fact that what candidates can receive and a gift in kind uh, from a candidate unreported. That's really the angle. Um, Then I'm surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be surprised. 
that the party hasn't pursued it. But, you know, there is an issue also out there, <clears throat> and I actually put this on Twitter, and I recognize that everyone's on Twitter. Folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And that is the issue of crime. That is the issue of crime. <clears throat> this portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, brought by AtMed Urgent Care. I went by there yesterday. Thank God I didn't have to stop in. But when you have an emergency and you don't want to wait, they have two locations. Comprehensive outpatient health care at Med Urgent Care, right there in the Atwood Medical Center. I drove past it yesterday in Johnston. They have the North Entrance Immunization School, cost efficient health care alternative to hospital based emergencies. When you have an emergency, whether it's for you or someone else, take that person to at Med Urgent Care. Now, I have visited both locations, as a matter of fact, their East Greenwich location which is on Post Road, right across from Felicia's 5750. And also, they're open seven days a week, right at the Atwood Medical Center at Med Urgent Care. Walk-in routine, urgent care, minor sur- surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work-related injuries. If, so, if you want to wait six hours at emergency room, be my guest. If you want someone literally seen right away, you want to go to Atman Urgent Care. They have doctors. They have nurses. They just don't have the weight. Two locations. You can also find them online at atmanurgentcare.net. Ashley Kalis is running the campaign that Ashley Kalis is comfortable with. And I know her people that are working on it. I like them. I like them. I saw, I think, her chief consultant uh, last Tuesday at the, the rally. But an issue that I don't understand why they left off the table. There's several things. And again, I recognize when you run for office, everywhere you go, people tell you what you should be doing with the campaign. Should do this, do that. I mean, after a while, they just drown. And I I get the whole thing. But I don't understand. Republicans around the country have zeroed in on crime. Republicans around the country have had success making crime an issue. It's absent in the race for governor. Mayor Fung, to his credit, he's brought it out. Seth Magaziner was marching with rioters, with the defund the police rioters. You know who else is running a very good campaign that I'm going to have on um, is Aaron Gookie, who's running for lieutenant governor. He went after Matos on that, the lieutenant governor who supported defunding the police. But I don't now. I'm sure the Ashley Kalis people, they think education is an issue. They think electricity, they went really deep on that as an issue. But something they left off the table is crime. How many people listening right now, whether you're listening to the radio, AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, or you're listening online at DePetro.com, or you're watching on Facebook Live at 1249 on this Halloween, how many people have stopped going to Providence because of crime. How come businesses keep moving out of downtown? Crime. What do people always complain about the problem when they see in Rhode Island? It's crime. The Kalis people have left that on the table, and I don't know why. Do you know drunk driving numbers under Governor McKee have tripled? I believe the Kalis people have made a strategic error by not exploiting that and not bringing that out as an issue. Because let's talk about Governor McKee and crime. Again, he was Lieutenant, he was, I interviewed him. He was at the Black Lives Matter riot downtown. He was there, he spoke at an abolish the police, a violent rally against police in Borington. He was the keynote speaker. Look at the roads. This year started on New Year's Day. Olivia Passaretti was killed, driven off the road by a drunk driver. Matt Dennison, Wes Warwick, 18-year-old high school student, killed by a drunk driver. Both of those families have been outspoken, and both of them have said they've never heard from Governor Dan McKee. I don't understand. Every time you turn around, there's another drunk driving death on the roads. What is missing from that equation? You never hear Dan McKee speak out against drunk driving. You never hear him say, we're going to take that on. 
they do all the BS, you know, drive sober, blah, blah, blah. Before 4th of July, before Labor Day, before Memorial Day, they roll out the press conference, you know. Uh, don't get pulled over, drive sober, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing dramatic. We all know it's more dangerous on the roads. People are smoking pot on the roads. Saturday, those on Facebook. I get so annoyed when it's a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. No rain, no snow, no ice. Boom, an accident on 95. Now, that's either someone not paying attention, texting or driving. That's someone high. There are people stoned on the roads all over the place. No one. We're supposed to just get used to it. Downtown Providence. Let me ask you this. Is Providence safer under Governor McKee or less safe? He's been the governor. <clears throat> Maya Brophy Behrman. Shot and killed. August 1st, 2021. Girl from Warwick shot on Olney Street. Did Governor McKee even say anything about that? Has Governor McKee ever spoken out against the ATVs? Has he ever addressed crime in the capital city? No, no, and no. In Dan McKee's Rhode Island, Providence, now Bank Rhode Island, is bailing out of downtown. Not safe. The Turks Head building is about to be empty, just like the Superman building. Has he done anything about the panhandlers? No. Has he done anything about all the homeless degenerate drug addicts roaming around downtown? No. Has Governor McKee in any way stepped up patrols around Federal Hill? No. Did he ever speak out against the rioters and the Black Lives Matter protesters that were burning police cars? Destroyed downtown. Downtown Providence has not recovered from the summer of 2020. Who is Lieutenant Governor? Dan McKee. Has he ever spoken out against any of the rioting and looting that has spoken out? Zero. Why don't people go to Providence anymore? It's not safe. What has he done to change that? Zero. Who's his Lieutenant Governor? Matos. Helen Keller, when it came to 2020, she was head of the Providence City Council. Did she see anything against the Providence riot? June of 2020 at Providence Place Mall that then spread to other parts of the city. Never. Did Sabina Matos, did she ever say anything when they were vandalizing, ultimately had to move the Columbus statue? Silent. And when she had a chance and was asked, would you support abolishing and defunding the police, she said, absolutely. It's McKee Matos. So my criticism at 1254, I, I, don't, I don't understand why you'd leave that issue on the table. Because it's really easy to understand. And Governor McKee, could, he could say, hey, I'm not the mayor of Providence. You're lieutenant governor. Was city council president. Were you at the riot? Downtown, I I have tape of it. I'll show it. And on the tape, you know what? He will find it. Because on the tape, on the live stream we did, he says to me, you answer me. John, yes or no, do Black Lives Matter? As if that was supposed to be, like, what? what is, uh, who even asks a question like that? What am I, no, I don't, no, they don't. You, yes or no, Black Lives Matter. I think Idiot Boy came up with that. Fathead. He was there. Crime is an issue. Now, do do I uh, look look at the crime that is taking place and spreading, by the way, in Rhode Island and the battles that Cranston has about crime spreading into Cranston, about North Providence has of crime spreading into North Providence, crime spreading into Johnston. It's it's a problem. It's definitely a problem, and it's never addressed. It's getting worse. And I get it. He could just say, well, that was Mayor Lorza. What did you do about it? Governor McKee, when Maya Brophy Behrman, 24 years old from Warwick, was shot in a drive-by gang shooting, mistaken identity, on August 1st, 2021, what, what did the family say when you contacted them? Never contacted them. Nope. Never contacted them. Did he say anything when the ATVs were running all over the city? Zero. Nope. He contacted the families 
When Olivia Passaretti was killed by a drunk driver on New Year's Day, zero. Did he contact Matt Dennison's family, 18-year-old West Warwick hockey player, killed by a drunk driver? Not a word. When does Dan McKee speak up? Oh, when uh, when the, a bunch of communists were reading outside the reading room on Camp Street and a bunch of idiots showed up for a minute and were yelling at through the glass, that's when Dan McKee showed up. He marched with the rioters downtown Providence. He marched with the BLM and Tifa rioters in Borington. That's who he's with. He gave. He helped BLM get the headquarters in Pawtucket. Actually, there was Ramundo that did that, but he certainly aided them. He's got Brother Gary in one of his campaign commercials. I don't understand why the Kalis people are silent on that. And I get it. They'll say, well, because when we talk to people, they're mostly concerned about education and inflation. I would argue there are people, hey, you go around Federal Hill. Federal Hill has not recovered from the summer of 2020. People used to have dinner in one spot and walk down and have dessert somewhere else then have a drink. People don't do that anymore. Why? Because it's not safe. And, and it, Federal Hill has not recovered from the BLM protests of 2020. Did, did Dan McKee or Matos ever speak out against those protests? Never. Never. I don't understand it. I think that I know in Rhode Island that's an issue. And we've seen suburban places thrive, right? Main Street East Greenwich is thriving. It's safe. It's outside of Providence. Garden City is thriving. Providence Place Mall is empty and going bankrupt. Downtown Providence, people are fleeing out. Why? Crime. Matos and McKee. They never speak out against it. I believe it's been a mistake to leave that issue off the table because I think they're very vulnerable on it. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specialized in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios. J. Perry Paving, call them today, 401-732-1730. Now it's Halloween, you still have time. You got about six weeks left till the cold weather really comes in to get your driveway paved. Call J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can find them on Facebook. They're also online, jperrypaving.com. Licensed and insured, contracted company, committed to meeting their clients' needs, no matter how big, how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a crap driveway. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive, safe to drive on. J. Perry Paving, 401 401- 732-1730. Now, folks, we have another hour to go. I have a lot of sound to get to, including um, Mayor Fung over the course of the weekend being talked about in the national shows, the latest on the Paul Pelosi saga, and a lot more. Next hour, we will be doing One After Dark, Holly, uh, Halloween edition later. Right now, we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Next hour, you can listen at the website, dpetro.com or AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Let's get A news update on this Halloween. Another full hour to go. Be back on the other side.